Welcome to the FI Podcast, the place where we speak about all things accounting. I'm Dave Malthouse. And I'm Ben Bournemouth. From balancing the books to finding a balance in your life, we've got it all covered. So whether you're here for accounting insights, career advice, or looking after yourself while preparing for your exams, you're in the right place. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please leave us a rating and review. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Podcast. I'm joined by Dave. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Ben. It seems like such a long time since we were we were speaking, but I'm sure you're going to tell me it was only a few weeks ago. It probably was three weeks. It feels a lot, lot longer. We've had Christmas come and go. We've welcomed in the new year. We're recording this at the start of 2024, and we've completed our fantasy league in the NFL. We have completed our fantasy league. Unfortunately, neither of us won this year, did we, Ben? No, but big kudos to our good friend and podcast guest of the past and hopefully the future, Alex Griffiths. Well done, Alex. Yeah, congratulations, Alex. He 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 ran a good race and I think it was well-deserved this year. So, as I say, we're recording this at the start of 2024. We thought we would do the first episode of the new year looking forward. 2024, an exciting year. But Dave, you were reflecting a moment ago on the fact we are now four years into a new or no longer new decade. And nearly halfway through the 2020s or getting into the middle part of the 2020s at least. And looking back over this decade so far, so many things have happened that have caused kind of huge, huge changes in the way that we work. And has had a massive impact on economies, on markets, and in in the way that you know our cost of living has increased over the last year or so. Wages have changed, all linked to some seismic changes that have happened. So if we go back to the beginning part of this decade, um, I'm sure we all remember the impact that COVID had, and um, the impact that it had in terms of the way we worked. But that freezing of the world's economies over a period of three or four months over the beginning part of 2020 led to huge disruption in things like supply chains. So goods couldn't get to where they needed to go to. Shipping costs rapidly, rapidly increased. We covered a lot of this on the podcast back in the back back then. And we're still living with the impact that those things have had in terms of you know how prices have increased. Shipping costs had a huge impact on prices within the UK. We also around the same time had, had Brexit, which was largely went kind of unnoticed when we when we plunged into lockdowns but i think we have seen businesses having impacts when it comes to brexit trading across borders between the uk and other and other european countries um i speak to some businesses where they've told me it's had huge negative impacts on them i have also spoke to businesses where they said that it's had massive positive impacts on their business and they've been able to increase the volume of trade as a result so we, we've seen a, a big rebalancing of the UK's economy on the basis of of Brexit, particularly with those businesses that import and export. Just when you thought it was all over, 2022 saw the Russia-Ukraine conflict, which uh, it's horrible to kind of talk about it as a byline in terms of how it's impacted the global economy, because, you know, people are losing their lives, which is, you know, far more important. But we have seen the shock to prices of food and shock to prices of of fuel, which caused some of the huge levels of inflation that we've seen over the last couple of years. 
last year, I think, was really those kind of three things really kind of settling into the economy that we're currently living in. And we saw big, big increases in inflation, interest rates increasing, massive impact on cost of living. And I think when we look forward, and this is kind of why I wanted to talk about it, is what what could happen in 2024 that could shock the system again? Because a lot of what we talk about is that if we don't have any big shock to the system, if we don't have another global pandemic, this is kind of where I sort of think things might go. But 2024 could see some huge, huge change. And you know, most worrying from a from a humanitarian point of view is the things that are going on in Israel-Palestine, where you know we have got a conflict there, we've got people losing their lives on a daily basis, which you know it is horrendous to see the the footage of it and and hear the stories of what's happening there, but. You know that crisis could escalate, and we've seen uh, a small escalation in recent weeks um, with what's been referred to as the Red Sea crisis, where we've got people attacking ships that are travelling on the Red Sea that are bound for the Suez Canal and into mainland Europe. That is now causing an issue with goods being um, goods being shipped to the UK and other parts of Europe. That could escalate further, and that could cause you know, real shocks. Um, you know, we all hope that the conflict there doesn't escalate, and in fact, they find some kind of resolution. But you know, we don't know those things. But the thing that is definitely going to happen next year is there's going to be some elections, and we know that there's going to be election within the the United States. And the United States, they will have an election, and someone will be appointed as president. Whether it's Joe Biden gets reappointed for another term. Um, whether it is Donald Trump, if he manages to make the ballot paper, or whether it's someone else outside of those two. Um, in the UK, we are very, very likely to have had an election over the course of 2024. I say very, very likely because I believe that, that they could run as late as kind of mid-January next year. So we could be in mid-election cycle this time next year. But the likelihood is that that will happen in 2024. There are also elections in Russia and there are also elections in India that are taking place. So some very, very big economies will be electing leaders over the course of the next 12 months. And I'm reliably informed, Ben, that half of the world's population next year will be electing leaders in their respective countries. So a huge amount of political change that could happen if new leaders are elected in those countries. So all of those things are kind of on my radar as you know things that are going to potentially have an impact. But I've also done a little bit of guessing as to what I think might happen as well. So you're, you're exactly right, Dave. I love the stat about the number of people around the world that are going to be given the chance to vote in an election. We know the date for the US election. They lock their dates in early. So we know that's going to be the 5th of November, 2024. Wow, bonfire night. We don't know when the UK election is going to be. There is some speculation. Some people in the media saying they might come early. The sitting government can decide when the election's held. And there is some discussion about whether they might go for a May election, get it in before the summer. But I think lots of people actually speculating it will be later this year, more likely November and December giving them more time to maybe influence people's decisions and see if any of their their changes come. But whether it's May or November, obviously that the current UK government are under some pressure to potentially push through some changes before maybe they have to get re-elected or, or lose their position in government. So I think a lot of that will drive decisions in the, the, the first part of the year. 
I really liked your synopsis. I think there's something else, and it, it feels like it's an undercurrent. Lots of very important stuff you talked about already, but we also know the the world of climate change is having quite a lot of, of impacts on individuals, on businesses. We've just had the most recent COP every year. The United Nations get together, world leaders collect. The next one of those scheduled for November 24. COP29 is going to be held on the 24th of November. This year, they're going to Azerbaijan. And I wonder whether, again, that might feed into some of the election manifestos with regards to what our plans on reducing carbon emissions, climate change and, and energy usage. So much stuff going on. And lots of stuff we've actually been talking about in previous episodes of the podcast that we will continue to see how they develop. Shall we have a talk about inflation? One of your favourite topics, Dave. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but just for the, the benefit of listeners, maybe a quick review of where we're currently at with inflation at the start of 2024 and what you maybe think might happen to it going forward. Thanks, Ben. So we, we've had a roller coaster ride of inflation. And for those of you that haven't listened to, to previous um, podcasts, inflation is the measure of how much prices are increasing uh, uh, on an annual basis. So whenever we talk about um, inflation as a percentage, that's how much over the last 12 months uh, an average basket of goods has increased in price. Every month those the, the, the data is released. And if you go to the Office of National Statistics in the UK, you go to their website, there is so much data out there. And there, I, I believe, are about four different measures of inflation that are, make the headlines there. If you dig into the data, you can get inflation that's broken down on individual items such as service sector inflation or food price inflation or energy inflation. So there's loads and loads of things you can look at. But for the headline inflation figures, everything's pulled together. We look at what an average person buys over the course of a year and we say, how much has that price changed? And we were getting into a position where we had inflation running at double digits. So, you know, over 10% inflation over the course of a year. That's something that worries me personally because my bills are going up at 10% a year and my wages definitely weren't going up at 10% a year alongside that. Um, it's something that worries governments because governments are concerned about how that will impact them and businesses are scared of it as well because if, if as a business all of your costs are increasing, you've got to decide to put your prices up. Will your customers accept those prices? Are you still going to be able to make the profits that you need to make in order to keep your investors happy, to repay your banks if you owe them money and all of those kind of things? So we had scary high inflation, which over the latter part of last year had started to cool down. And now we're at a rate of inflation of around 4%. So it depends on the measure you use. Some measures are just below 4%. Some are just above 4%. But we're looking at around 4%. And those inflation figures are for prices up to November last year. So the November data is released mid-December. That's when we see that information. And our inflation, as I say, sitting at around 4%. Now, looking at what's happened over the last year, and looking at the, the first half of last year and the second half of last year, if you look at the second half of last year, inflation is running at a very, very low rate. Um, it, it's running at a rate of below 1%. Okay, The first half of last year, you, that's when you had the real roller coasters of ups and downs. And if things kind of get back to relative normal, 
We don't have any big shocks to the system and inflation continues at that nice smooth rate over the beginning parts of next year. I can see those shocks from last year coming out of the data. So my expectation is that we're going to see inflation continue to reduce over the first six months of this year. Where we're going to have something I think quite odd or that's going to look quite odd is the next set of inflation data that comes out is going to show, I hope, unless something crazy has happened over Christmas, um, a slight fall of, a slight fall in inflation. It's the month after that that's the month to be concerned about. So in January last year, we saw a real, quite a substantial drop in prices, quite a substantial drop in inflation. Now, unless that's reproduced this year, and there's no indication to me that anything's going on that's going to cause that to happen, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a slight rise in inflation in the January figures, which will come out mid-February. So at mid-February, it wouldn't surprise me to see a slight increase in inflation, and then I see it going down over that. The government's target is 2%, and it would not surprise me if we get to June, July this year, and our inflation is at around 2%. Now, any shock could happen to the system that's going to cause that not to happen. But based on the last six months, based on where we are, and me not seeing that many shocks out there, my expectation is that we will kind of get down to that government target about June, July this year. And you've talked on previous episodes about the link between inflation and the Bank of England setting the interest rates in the UK. What do you think is going to be the reaction to interest rates going forward in 2024 if inflation is being brought back to the government target? Well, overall, I think that the Bank of England will come under pressure to reduce interest rates. And I think that they will reduce interest rates next year. For me, February this year is going to be absolutely fascinating because we know mid-February we're going to get that data out about January. And if it's as I expect, I'm expecting there to be a little bump up in inflation. And the Bank of England meet on the 1st of February, about two weeks before the inflation data comes out. I think the Bank of England are going to become under a lot of pressure to reduce interest rates. But I think the Bank of England might have half an eye on that data and just say, actually, I'd rather hold on. So I think that's going to be really interesting, the first Bank of England meeting in February. Um, beyond that, um, if they don't raise rates in, in February, then we're looking at kind of 21st of March, I think, is the next meeting. Where I think we'll really see interest rates being adjusted is if things um, if things pan out as I'm hoping, I'm thinking the May and the June interest rate rises um, are the ones that are likely, or interest rate assessments are the ones where we're likely to see a fall in interest rates. So I'd be looking at May, June next year. We might get one in February, but I think that would be quite a bold move from the Bank of England if they do go ahead and do one in February. But I think politically, there may be a bit of pressure for them to reduce interest rates sooner than I think. But I think May, yeah, May, June are the two that I'd be looking at for interest rate cuts. Next thing I wanted to talk about was the potential for tax cuts. You've already mentioned it is a UK election year and nothing tries to win votes than the perception of reducing tax rates and tax burdens. And I think I'm right in saying, if you listen to the media, we've actually got quite a high level of taxation in the, the UK economy at the moment. We talked about it on an episode of the podcast last year. And on the back of that, I don't think he was listening, but the Chancellor did announce in his autumn statement that he was going to reduce national insurance, which is coming into effect right at the start of this year, 2024 from January, class one national insurance being cut by 
What do you think the chances of seeing some other tax cuts in a budget this spring? I think it's almost definitely going to happen, Ben. Um, we are going into that election cycle. Um, when you are the the government that's in power and you want to win the next election, you know we know one of the ways to help win votes is to reduce tax bills. Um, you know, the, the, if you're putting more money in people's pockets, they're instantly going to be feeling better about you. <clears throat> so I think that there will be a, a further tax cut. Um, the government do have to be relatively careful because um, they they still do need to balance the books. Um, the, the it will be scrutinised independently anything they put forward, and if there is a shortfall, that's something that is going to cause problems in the economy. It's going to co- cause problems in the bond markets, as we saw when Liz Truss had a brief tenure as as Prime Minister. So anything that's unfunded is going to be problematic. But I think the Chancellor will come up with something to help individuals. Um, There is talk, and you may have heard this, Ben, that the Chancellor is looking at abolishing inheritance tax because he, he feels it's an unfair tax. And he feels that it's something that um, should be should be abolished and, and shouldn't really be there. I know ideologically there are two sides to that argument, but that's something that I know people that are homeowners that are maybe a nearing retirement. That's something that I think will be really, really appealing to that side of the electorate. So I think that's something that you could see. Um, beyond that, it's you know, is there going to be a cut in income tax? Is it going to be a cut in VAT? Um I don't know where it will come from, but I think that the government will want to show that they're trying to do something to help people, particularly as we've gone through this cost of living crisis for the last year and a half or so. And then I suppose if we do get a general election by the end of the year, which we we, we should do, yep. if we get a change of government, chances are there'll be a budget pretty quickly after that as well and a new finance act coming in for a new government. So there might be further changes yep. even after the election. Yep. And then the big issue, the big issue for me with with that is is not so much whether the tax how the tax is going to change because that th- that will be how what it will be it's the impact that that has on the economy is one that businesses are unlikely to make big decisions if they don't know what's going to happen in the future so if i'm making a big decision today about employment and you know i'm looking at opening say a new call center and i want to recruit 100 people but I don't know what the employer's national insurance contributions are going to look like because our current government is saying they might reduce them. But then I don't know if a future government will have the same idea. Well, I'm going to wait a year, find out who's running the government, what their policy on taxation is before I make that decision. So I think you'll see a lot of businesses holding fire on big investment decisions until they know who the the government are going to be for the next five years. Thank you. You mentioned in your introduction about our post-COVID world. Yep. I'm personally, at the start of 2024, getting sick to death of this term, new normal. I think everybody is still trying to settle down. One of the things I think in 2024 we might see stabilise a bit is homeworking. If we think back to COVID, it was forced upon a lot of individuals. A lot of businesses had to react to that, get things set up really, really quickly. There was then a gradual progression back to a more traditional office environment. And we've spoken to lots of people that have said, oh, we wanted to get people back maybe quicker. I think we're now in maybe a genuine settling down time. 
There are some news laws coming in in the spring this year, spring 2024. There are going to be some new employment rights for homeworking. The fact you should be eligible for homeworking from day one of a new job. You won't have to wait a certain number of days, weeks or months to get it. And the fact that as an employee, you don't have to give a business case to apply for homeworking. I think we're going to see a lot more of that stabilising particularly as people start jobs that they weren't doing during COVID. So they're coming in new to a job with the element of, I want some flexibility and some potential for homeworking. In our world, I think that links in quite nicely to exams and remote invigilation. Something quite similar that was forced upon lots of our students and the professional bodies that run the exams had to react during COVID for that. But I'm right in thinking, Dave, the AAT are now planning in 2024 to roll out some remote invigilation for their exams. It's exactly what I understand as well, Ben, that uh, they, they wanted to delay the release of remote exams until all of those kind of teething problems with the new syllabus had had been worked through. I think we're at a position whereby those things have actually resolved themselves now or been resolved. So that they'll be looking to take that forward over the next year. And hopefully we will get remote exams because I, I I do understand and I sympathise with many students who really struggle to be able to get to exam centres. Some students that need to take entire days off work in order to travel 100 plus miles to get to an exam centre to then take the exam to drive 100 plus miles back. You know, it's, it's tough, you know, doing exams at the best of times without having those obstacles in your way as well. Um, and I have heard of people that are trying to take exams overseas that are struggling as well and having to get boats to other islands in order to take exams, which, again, must be incredibly infuriating when we have got the technology to do it. It's just it's not proven to work yet with the current exam system that the AAT have. So what's this space? Homework in remote exams are not new topics to the FI podcast. We've, we've talked about them before, and I'm sure we will be coming back to them in 2024 as the world of professional exams continues to develop. Something else that's not a new topic is artificial intelligence. The world of AI really seemed to ramp up last year. I actually, over Christmas break, had my wife show me an email saying, Ben, do you think a real person has written this? It feels a bit chat gpt which is something we've been talking about for quite a while. Do you think we're going to continue to see AI become more normalised in our world? Yes, I think we're going to see more of its usage. I think we're also going to start seeing its limitations. Um, and I think we're going to recognise that AI is not going to take our jobs, as I think we discussed a few months ago. Um, AI is going to help us do parts of our jobs, but there are certain things that AI is unable to do. And there is still a role for us as accountants with the skills that we've got to be able to use AI to, you know, to help us in the same way we use a calculator, we then use spreadsheets, you know, we use database analysis, AI is going to be another tool that we can add to our arsenal to help us. So I think we'll see more of it. Um, I think we are going to see, as you suggested, um, more annoying AI in the form of automated emails that are written personalized to us that have gone through some AI algorithm to make it seem more personalized. We're also going to get AI call centers more and more. They're already out there, but um, you're going to be talking for five minutes to someone before realizing that they're actually an AI and they don't know the answer to your query. Um, so I think you'll see more of that. 
And the scary thing for me for AI is um, what are we going to see involving AI around some of those elections? We know that half of the world's people are going to be going to the polls to elect leaders. And are we going to see AI being used to fabricate pictures, video footage, audio footage um, of to try and sway an election one way or another? And, you know, I, I would hope that we're not going to see too much of that. Or, you know, if it does take place, it's something that we can we can counteract wherever we live. But that would be the biggest concern for me around AI is how it would be used to potentially change the way that people are voting. Technology, something we're passionate about at First Intuition. We've, we've covered it on many podcasts. We will continue to do. Just a date for your diaries, listeners. The big AccountX exhibition. I'm right in thinking, Dave, it's Europe's biggest accountancy expo being held this year, 15th, 16th of May. And hot off the press, it looks like some colleagues and, dare I say it, familiar voices from the FI podcast are going to have some speaker slots at AccountX. So check out tickets. They are available. Go along if you want to find out how technology is really being developed in our world and everything else that's related to accounting. Are you going, Ben? Hopefully, hopefully. I'm trying to blag some free tickets, but I, I think part of that might mean I might have to get up on a stage as well. So we will see. But so, Accountix, I, I, I think the Accountix tickets are free for delegates. So I think you'll be able to go. Um, I would urge everyone to go because it is brilliant. And um, it, yeah, the talks are amazing and all the stands are brilliant. So I would definitely, definitely go. I've been every year that I've been, I've been able to. So I've been to lots of Accountix's. And it is really good two days. Wouldn't be an FI podcast if we didn't talk a bit about sport. I know we've already mentioned NFL. I'm going to say a couple of dates at you, Dave. First date I've got here is Friday the 14th of June. Any thoughts on what you might be doing Friday the 14th of June 2024? I think it's going to be involving aiming myself at a television somewhere, Ben, but I may be wrong. What's happening then? So it's the first game of Euro 24, football, soccer. Um, Germany, the hosts. So this year's tournament held once every four years, being held in Germany. But they're playing Scotland, which is the first time for many, many years that I can think of um, watching Scotland in the opening game. I remember back to the opening game of the World Cup in France, 98. Do you yep. remember that? I do, and it was I France. Freshly passed my driving test. And France Brazil was the first game of the tournament, I believe. It was. It was. Um, really looking forward to the opening game. I always think there's something special, and Germany Scotland is one that really kind of sparks my attention. England's first game Sunday the sixteenth, and dare I say it, shall we be booking our our tables to go and watch the final on the fourteenth of July, Sunday the fourteenth of July. Could be England, could be Scotland, potentially could still be Wales because they've got a playoff in March, which means they might still qualify for the tournament as well. Now, the good thing about some of those dates, Ben, is it looks like most of those dates have missed key exam sitting windows for ACCA and ICW. So students should be able to relax after taking those exams. And um, only thing you say, the final is on the 14th. 14th of July. Now, unfortunately, the 14th of July will be a corporation tax instalment deadline date if you've got a 31st of March, 31st of December year end. So there may be some of our friends in corporate tax that are frantically trying to adjust 
their their tax calculations to make sure they pay the correct amount in that instalment. And if you're a sports nut like myself, Dave, our friends, our family, our colleagues, and a number of our students, the final of the Euros is on the 14th of July. You've then got a 12-day respite before the 26th of July. What are you going to be watching on the 26th of July, do you think, Dave? The 26th of July, then, I will be sitting down to watch the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. You will indeed. And then it is non-stop. I love the Olympics. This year's Olympics being held in Paris. I just love the variety of the sports. That's the chance to go and watch lots of sports on the television. Or if you're lucky enough to have tickets to go to Paris, phenomenal. But go and watch some really obscure sports. I know you were a big fan of the London Olympics. We're going back a few Olympic Games now. But you got tickets and went and watched some pretty cool stuff, didn't you? Yeah, I saw... First thing I saw was handball. Um, and then I thought was fortunate enough to have tickets for Super Saturday. And I, I saw Mo Farah, Jess Ennis and Greg Rutherford take their gold medals in the Olympic Stadium, which was one of the one of the greatest moments of watching sport that I've ever had in my life. So, um, yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, loved the Olympic Games. I, I become suddenly, as everyone does, I think, an expert in every sport. So um, by day four, I'm sure I'll be an expert in archery again. And I've remembered everything that I'd forgotten over the last four years. Um, but yeah, it would be great to see the cycling and rowing, obviously all the running. Um, the only thing that I'm not so keen on in the Olympics is watching the football. And I think after the Euros, I'll be pretty footballed out. So I'll, I'll, I think I'll be happy to miss most of those games. And sadly, the Lionesses, I know they were going to be playing as Team GB, didn't qualify. So we won't have a representative in the, the female football at the Olympic Games this year. Good news is it's in Paris, so the timing will fit in quite nicely. The television coverage should be running a sensible time of the day, running from 26th of July to August the 11th. If you've not, and I appreciate a number of our students maybe haven't been studying and working during either a Euros or an Olympics, it will have an effect, Dave, won't it? People will be taking a holiday. They'll maybe want into work maybe different hours if that's something that their employer will accommodate. I know on the odd occasion we've changed timings of classes even to fit in if there is a particular sporting event that's going on. So watch for that this summer. It will have an economic effect as well. Lots of people may be staying at home to watch, going out with friends to watch in pubs, in parks. Let's hope we get some big TV screens up in Cambridge. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. It's always a great time of year when we have an Olympic Games because um, it always coincides with the European Championships as well. So it's a great summer of sport, something that I absolutely love watching. Um, and we can play the fun game, Ben, of where are we going to find an Olympic athlete this year who is also training to be an accountant? Because there is almost always one. So I know that we've had one recently in kayaking. I believe we've had someone who is a, um, a who was in shooting who um, was also training to be an accountant as well. I know that we have ourselves um, met um, a swimmer who um, was also an Olympian as well. So where is this year's Olympian going to be competing that's also training as an accountant? Well, let's call him out. Are you aware of Eugene Amo Dadsy? I'm not aware of Eugene. He is 100-metre runner, sub- 10 seconds, 100 metre wow. runner, and he's also an ICAW chartered accountant. So, no. 
hopefully he's in the squad for the Olympics. Hopefully he's going to stay fit. And we might have a chartered accountant in the final of the 100 metres at the Olympic Games. That would be... He must be the fastest chartered accountant in the world. Google fastest chartered account in the world, and I'm sure he will he will ping up and probably holds the wait. world record for fastest chartered accountant. Can't wait for the summer. I think it will be great. The weather will improve as well. Um, we're up against the clock again. I just want to say happy new year to everybody. I know there is going to be elements of uncertainty in 2024, but one thing is we will be here. First Intuition will want to continue to help and support as many people through their accounting studies as possible. Dave, final thoughts for you. I'm, I'm, as always, at the beginning of the year, I'm looking forward to the things that the new year brings. Um, there are so many exciting things that are going to happen. Obviously, the sport for, for you and I, Ben. Um, I, in a weird way, look forward to elections. I love the theatre of elections. You know, they may not get the outcome that I would want from them, but I just enjoy that almost the soap opera nature of them. So I will be be looking um looking forward to the elections that take place over the course of this year um but most of all you know i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with our students i'm looking forward to hearing those stories of you know success that our students have you know those students that are completing exams this year and are going to become kind of newly formed accountants that can use those letters after their names they're the things that that you know we get up for in the morning every day so i'm really looking forward to see those stories unfold in our centres all across the UK. Brilliant. Well, thank you for listening. Continue to download, share the link to the FI podcast with colleagues, with friends, with family. We're going to be here for 2024. We've got a brilliant lineup. We've got some really good theme topics to talk about in future podcast sessions this year. So I look forward to the next session. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the FI podcast with your hosts, Ben and Dave. As always, you can head over to the show notes where you can find the links and resources spoken about in today's episodes. 